welcome to MindShift, where we explore how mindsets can help you live a life of passion and purpose. On this show, we'll explore how our thoughts, attitudes, and beliefs shape our outlook on life and influence our decisions. We'll talk to experts from various fields and hear from individuals who have transformed their lives by adopting new mindsets. Whether you're feeling stuck, searching for life's purpose, or simply curious about the power of the mind and how it's changing the future, this podcast is for you. So sit back, relax, and let's dive in. Welcome to another exciting episode of MindShift. In today's episode, you're going to hear about all kinds of different mindsets to really elevate yourself to where you want to be in life and how to overcome some of the dark times and some of the things that can just hold us back in life. You're going to hear things like curating your surroundings and why it's so important to really cut people and things out of your life that are only going to support you. You're going to hear about having clear and solid boundaries, when to say no, why to say no, and really what's going to create the most peace going forward for you. You'll hear about having a support system and having the people in place that are really going to support your dreams, really help you get to where you want to be. You're going to have a curiosity mindset of really when to really become curious and dive into some of these different things and why it's so important to have a curiosity mindset when you're exploring emotions, even when you're exploring some of these dark, depressing times of your life. Um, you are also never too old to live your dreams. And I think that's one of the most important takeaways from today's episode is that whatever you're doing, especially if you had a passion as a childhood that kind of died as you got, uh, got older, it really, really is important to have that childlike curiosity to be able to overcome some of the obstacles that we've created throughout our adult life in order to create our dream life. Hello and welcome to MindShift. If you haven't done so already, please hit that subscribe button and follow along for some tips and tools on how to become your best self. Today, I have a very exciting guest with me, Leslie Berry. Leslie is this incredible individual that has overcome so much in her life and really turned a story that was just really hard and challenging into one of empowerment and built herself up and really became a leader in the space of digital marketing and helping others get awareness of their brands and how to get their brands out there. And uh, it's just going to be a really, really fun, exciting story, just seeing everything she had to overcome to get to where she's at today. So Leslie, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So I know we were just talking before the show, and I kind of want to start from, from the beginning where the challenges really were and, and kind of the mindset that you were in and what you had to overcome to, to become who you are. So when you were kind of facing some depression and some dark moments in your life, what, what was going on and what was like the, the mindset that uh, was really just kind of bogging you down at this time? Yeah. So in 2017, I was severely depressed. I, it was classified as massive depression. And a lot of it is I grew up being silenced, um, not being able to express myself and my opinions. Um, I grew up in a very, very strict Christian home. So it was one of those, you know, you're always thinking about, you know, heaven, hell, like, am I doing enough? Is God happy with me? 
all of these things. So that led to a case of like severe perfectionism. It led to me always feeling like I wasn't good enough. It led to me feeling as though no matter what I did, it wasn't going to be good. I also was in like my family is great and I love them, but they also have their own trauma that they were passing down to me as well. And so if you're in a space where you can't really use your voice, where if you say something, it's always looked at as you don't know what you're talking about, or why would you bring this up? Or everything goes back to, are you doing enough? Are you doing enough for God? You know, these things, it messes with you. It messes with your mind, right? And I lived out of the country. I moved back in the country. I went through um, some reverse culture shock and it was just like all of these things, childhood from, you know, trying to, trying to feel enough, trying to be enough as well as just where I was in that moment just led me to feeling like, you know what, I don't have to be here. Like, I really don't, I don't, I don't have to continue to go through this. And those thoughts became more persistent. So at it was August of 2017, I remember in a last ditch effort, I basically, you know, because I grew up in church, I was like, I don't think I'm going to go to hell if I kill myself, but just in case, you know, hey God, let me talk to you one more time. And it was really an ultimatum. And it was like, yeah, I'm giving you 30 days to make me feel less like dying. I did not believe that I was going to be healed. I didn't believe that, you know, it was one of those miraculous things. I knew work had to be done, but there was so much pressure that I was like, just give me, take some of that off of me. And so what I learned during that time is I listened to a lot of affirmations. I listened to a lot of subliminals. And after the end of 30 days, I felt less like dying. And then a couple months later, I was in a financial position to actually go to therapy. And that is when I was classified with massive depression. That is when I did the work. And it took about a year, a year and a half of me being in therapy for me to gain the tools that I have now of learning how to listen to myself to mother myself, to speak up for myself, um, to set boundaries with friends and family. I ended up ending a 17 year relationship with my best friend at the time because I realized that, you know, it was a codependent relationship. There was narcissism and maybe borderline personality issues with her as well. And so it was a full starting over which was a scary process, but it has allowed me to become the woman I am today. That's amazing. Hi, Leslie. Um, I'm so excited Hi. to hear your story. I was very curious during that time when, like after talking to God and prioritizing that and your therapy and, and finding therapy, like how did you reach out? How did you figure out what therapies were right for you? And like, did you feel like it was kind of like a, you were being guided after this or di like, how would you explain to anyone suffering from depression or suicidal thoughts right now to find, because there's so many options and not everything yeah. works for everyone. It, yeah. it, you have to find what works for you to escape that darkness. I've suffered from darkness and I personally really resonate with you because 
my depression has always come from extreme perfectionism and religious undertones of going to hell and doing all that. So I, I very much know what you're talking about when you talk about that. That was that was my teenage years and my <laughs> It's tough, man. It's tough. <laughs> It sucks, but I, I I did realize from my own reading. So I'm like, you know what? Like the world is extremely beautiful. The universe is beyond imagination. God's the ultimate scientist. He's not gonna send me to hell because I don't believe in him. He'd be like, dude, it's hard to believe in me too. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I'm a scientist. I get it. You need proof, but that's not mm -hmm. the point, you know. But that's that's kind of how I went. But how would you how did you find therapy and what would you recommend for our listeners if they're suffering how do you go about that what, what's your advice on that yeah so luckily i mean i had actually gone to therapy before and i knew what i didn't like so when i came in that time i actually came in um, with a plan. And when, you know, the first like session or two, you guys are trying to figure each other out, you know, it's kind of like an interview sort of thing. So I came and I kind of interviewed my therapist, honestly, I told her what was going on, but I told her what I wanted. And for me personally, I like homework. I'm, I'm a geek like that. You know, I'm one of those people that I need to know that I get it. Cause once a week of me talking to you is great. But what am I doing in that time before I see you again? So I asked her for things. I was like, what can I do this week to get to a next step? What can I do this week to work on what we talked about? And I think that's important. I also think that, I mean, people might not want to hear this. So it's a therapist, finding a therapist is like dating. Um, it's just true. Like you, you really are trying to find somebody that vibes with you. Um, and also, you know, you have to get to a place where you have to be able to say if you don't like something that they do, because a lot of people, they might have not given their therapist a chance because they said something that triggered something from their own trauma, right? And the therapist had no idea. And so it's this thing of you're allowed to have boundaries in therapy. You're allowed to say, you know what, I'm not ready to talk about that right now. Or actually, I don't like how you said this. Um, you know, I maybe it's an issue and maybe I'm here to, you know, we can work on that, but I would prefer if you talk to me like this. But for me, I asked for help with what can I do um during the week that is going on. And my my therapist gave me worksheets. Like I was, I'm a big person that likes to journal um, because it helps me get my thoughts down. Like I can, you know, talk to people and I can talk to myself, you know, but it's different when you actually have to write it down um, because then you kind of go deeper. So she gave me a, a lot of those exercises and that helped a lot. That's, that's absolutely incredible. And I really love that uh, journaling was one of the tools because I truly, I, I heard it explained this way recently, which is when you're journaling, it allows your subconscious to become conscious. It really allows, yeah. uh, you know, you're writing stuff down and oftentimes you're like, whoa, where, where did that come from? Right. And it's, uh, it's just such an amazing tool. Um, one thing I'm curious is as you're going through this journey, I know you mentioned that you you essentially broke up with your best friend or, or one of your best friends. And uh, one thing that I talk about all the time is the most powerful shift that we can do is curating our surroundings. Like you become who you spend time with. Mm -hmm. And so 
as you were kind of cutting out everything that was, was kind of dragging you down and not really supporting your best self. Um, I'm just kind of curious, like, were there some other things that you cut out and as you were cutting them out, um, what started happening with your mindset as you kind of started shifting away from some of the stuff that, that really weren't supporting you anymore? So it was a weird transition. Um, I want to say that when I went to therapy, things that I hadn't been dealing with were starting to come up. So emotions that I had been suppressing, it's very much like peeling an onion back. And there are days where you're like, this is great. I don't think I need therapy anymore. And then you go and you have a week and you're just like, I hate everyone. And it's just one of those things where um, I started realizing things, right? So I was on a roller coaster ride of emotion. And actually, it was one of those things of this person um, known her since I was 15. So it was one of those like, we we grew up together, basically, her family, I considered my family, I still consider them like my other mom and dad. But it really came down to um, jealousy. And it came down to realizing that whenever I got something, or I started to shine was when it triggered something in her and it made her feel less than. And so I used to coddle. I used to be like, no, no, no. Or I would keep things to myself because I didn't want her to feel bad. So that left this, this barrier of, I can't even talk to you about stuff. And then funnily enough, it happened that um, I ended up dating someone and that is what ended up making it like this big, big issue. Um, and that was the final straw for me. It was little things that finally led up to, this is one of the happiest moments in my life. The guy I dated, I ended up marrying. Hello, hi. Um, and so it was like, you can't even be there for me during this time. And so I had started creating boundaries because of therapy, of when she would get upset, I was like, I don't act like that. That's not how this, that's not what happened. That is not what happened. This is what happened. These are the facts. And just doubling down on that. And I had never done that before in our friendship. And because I doubled down and because I said, no, no, this is what happened. No, I'm not going to do this anymore. Um, that is what broke us up because she didn't have that space to get away with things anymore. And it was hard because of her personality and because of, you know, some things that she was dealing with and being diagnosed with. She took it as this huge thing. And um, it was a very, very stressful time in my life. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, I mean, fortunately and fortunately, I don't know how to say this. Um, I'm, I don't regret what happened. I, I feel like a much happier person. I realized that, um, we were in each other's lives for what we needed to be for. I wish her well. I want nothing but the best for her. I really do. I just know that, oh, hello. I just realized that I, um, I can't be in your life if you're like this. And if you're not getting help for your problems basically. How many years ago was this? 
Oh, dang. Ah, this was at the end of 2018 is when okay. it happened. Um, but unfortunately, there's still there's still a little drama there because um, she does not like to be ignored. So oh. <laughs> it's it's one of those no. things. Like no, they they don't okay. like that, do they? I've yeah. I've dealt with some toxic relationships as well. Um, what part of your, I guess, during your trying to figure out how to word this because I I want to understand it a little better. What part of your mental health treatment time of suicide did you realize that you couldn't have her in your life anymore, as well as when exactly did you start getting into digital marketing with all of this? And how did like your feelings of depression, suicide, changing yourself kind of guide you into digital marketing? Or was that something you were already on the path to? Yeah, so um, my background, I went to school for music and theater, and I was a teacher for 10 years. So I taught English as a second language. I also taught singing and voice. And I lived abroad, I lived in China, and I was able to, you know, teach, but I also would be able to go around the country and get different gigs and sing. And it was an amazing experience. Um, but I got burnt out from teaching and I was like, Ooh, I don't really like kids anymore. And I would like a different job. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. So I came back home and I came back home. Um, and that is when the reverse culture shock happened because I had been living abroad for years and I needed a new job. And so while I was on the search for one, I ended up, um, I worked at a hotel and shout out to anybody in customer service because nobody gets paid enough to deal with the public like in any way, shape or form. And that is when I knew I was depressed leaving China. I, I was there by myself, no family. I had to make friends. It's a whole different culture. Like, so I was starting to get depressed. But when I came home and working in customer service and I had to move back in with my family, that is when it was just compiling. Um, and I actually working in customer service, I started to have panic attacks and I never had panic attacks before in my life. Um, and then I quit that job and I was driving for Lyft and it was just this whole like quarter life crisis. It was just this whole thing of like, I used to be a teacher and I had this and now this is where I am and I have failed. And so it's just been through this whole, you know, thing of like, see, you aren't good enough. So you thought you could make it and you couldn't. And it was just like this loop that was going on and on and on in my head. And that is when it was it was the the depression and the the suicidal tendencies and like it was truly i planned out my entire suicide it was literally like i know what i'm saying i know how i'm doing it but maybe i'll give god one more chance and during that time um i was driving lyft and i finally got a job working um at a like demolition construction agency in admin work and I was going to therapy and I want to say probably six months into that is when I was noticing that they had no online presence and I had 
been taking like courses, like I've been getting better and thinking, okay, well, what else can I do? And I saw these things online where it's like, become a digital marketer, you know, like learn how to do these things. And I was like, I'm a millennial. I grew up with the internet. I can do that. So I started taking courses. And then that is what made me realize that this company was, you know, like family owned, operated very much like still like making millions a year, like millions, but they're very big on like handshake. Like that's what we do. I'm like, nobody knows who you are. Like we gotta, if you want other people to come, you need an online presence. So from there, I started to talk to people in the marketing department and I started to be like, Hey, do you need help here? And from there, I started to just like add things while I did my own duties. And then I was able to, when one of the marketers left, I was able to take over their work. And then eventually I was the one running the department. What an incredible story. And and really um, so many just pivots to become where yeah. you are, but that's, uh, that's what it's all about. And I absolutely agree with you. Anybody, I used to be in management at TJ Maxx and um <sighs> Anybody that's in customer service, it's a, it's a tough job, especially mm-hmm. dealing with just the crazy public. <laughs> so yes. I, I absolutely agree with you that they do not get paid enough. Um, I'm curious on this timeline. Uh, so as you're going into the marketing, um, are you in therapy at this point as well? Yes. So okay. I was in therapy from the end of 2017 to maybe March of 2019. Okay. And then did uh, kind of pivoting into the marketing help with like the therapy and the mental health side of things and kind of taking this whole different direction in your career choice? I think so. Um, I mean, looking back at it, I think so. At the time, I don't think I noticed what was happening other than the fact that I had drawn some very strong boundaries um, where I was like, I refuse to to have this type of person in my life anymore. I refuse to, like you said, you worked at TJ Maxx. Like I just was like, I will never again, I will never again be abused the way I was with customer service and dealing with people. So I came into my job with that already, um, with that mindset of, no, I'm not working weekends. No, I, as soon as I leave, uh, my phone is off. If you call me, that's too bad. I'm not answering the phone. Like I just, because I had gone through so much that I was like, I don't care. I don't care. I didn't even expect to ever be promoted at that job because I just would tell them no. I'm like, unfortunately, I might not be able to do that. (laughs) And with therapy, it just reiterated that. But I think a lot of it came just from trauma of never wanting to feel something again. So it was a strong boundary and that kind of catapulted me forward. If that makes sense. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense. And I truly uh, believe setting up those boundaries are so incredibly important. Like with, with me, even though I still kind of stayed in customer service uh, for a little while longer after TJ Maxx, 
I also started setting up those boundaries. And I really think that people don't truly understand the power of that. And, yeah. and just like you, I'm like, I don't care if you text, I don't care if you call, if I'm not at work and I'm not getting paid for this, then I, I'm not at your disposal. That's just how it is. And, um, and it's funny how they actually stop calling and texting if you just don't answer. Right. And just setting up those boundaries of like, this is, this is my parameters. And, and just like you as well, I, also, it was like, I'm not doing weekends anymore. That's just not something that, that I'm interested in. And, uh, and setting up those boundaries really, it really helps set up our life and kind of the direction of what we're going to go. And I really think that, uh, that the universe or God responds in, in such, you know, when you start putting yourself out there in these different ways, then it's almost like this path unfolds in front of you. And you're like, okay, let's, let's go through this door and see where it leads. Yeah. Um, so Fast forward to now, how did you uh, pivot out of the the marketing um, company, the construction company you were in and, and doing marketing for into creating your own flourishing business around everything you were learning? So I have learned that I tend to move when I get angry. Like I take stuff for a while, right? And then I just am so unsatisfied. Um I not I mean, you guys tell me if you've experienced this as well, but especially because I was severely depressed and because I was suicidal, I am terrified of ever being that low again. And if I see anything that could ever make me go down that road, I immediately am like, nope, we got to find a way out of this because we will never go back there. So I was at this job and I'm around mostly men and I'm around a lot of alpha men and I'm around, I had to deal with some harassment there. Um, I definitely had some microaggressions, um, you know, like I had to very much, I'm like, Hey, I don't look like you. And when you say certain things like this, like this person should be beaten and go to jail, like that's upsetting to me, you know? And I'm like, can we not do that? So it was little things that were adding up. Um, and then honestly, COVID is what made me change a lot because I am the type of person that like when I work, I work, like I know what I'm doing. It's great. I can, I can get eight hours worth of work done in three or four hours. And so I realized that I was like making my work, like I was elongating the time because I had to be there. And I was like, but I'm a manager now. Like, why do I have to be here? You know? And it was like, it's done. Everything is done. Like, this is the calendar. We're done for the month. Actually, why do you need me here? Um, and honestly, I, there was an issue with my previous manager because they didn't tell him that I was no longer going to be in his department. And I was now going to be a manager of my own department. And he had an issue and there was an, like, he came at me very out of pocket, very wrong. And I was like, okay. So I came in like the next day, like he tried to stop my vacation from happening. And I was like, oh, oh, that's sweet. Just because you didn't take your vacation doesn't mean I'm not going to take mine. So I sat down with the general manager and the CEO and I brought my, I already had a business while this 
business was going on. I was building up my business while I still had my nine to five. And I just went into the office one day with all my paperwork. And I was like, hey, I own my own marketing agency. I would like to have you guys as my first client. Um, and, you know, you could same price point as what we're doing now. I'm just not coming into the office anymore. What do you guys think? And they're like, can you give us a day to think about this? I was like, yeah, sure. So that was a Thursday. Friday was my last day in the office. Monday was my first day working like solely for myself as them as my clients. But I basically got mad at them. I'm just going to be honest. It was just like they, it was too much, too much had been going on. And the way that they handled COVID, like there was nothing in place for us not to get sick. There was no barriers. I had someone next to me who got sick and it's literally like I could roll my chair back and hit her. And they're like, oh, by the way, she's out with COVID. You know, we, um, we cleaned your desk, but we want you to come in. It, what? She has we didn't have vaccines yet. Like, why am I still in this office? So um, that's that was a long story, but that's what happened. That is why I no longer. That's what made me branch out on my own. Yeah, I understand about COVID. I was doing road construction at that time. I've done a. A lot of things. My I was AT&T customer service, so I know what it's like to be screamed at on the phone. But during COVID, I was in road construction. Yeah, since we were essential, uh, there was nothing in place. Uh, or actually, the only real thing was in place was if you got COVID, you were basically quarantined to your hotel room for two weeks. And they wouldn't pay us unless the government forced them to. Basically, there was no pay if you got sick but then the government changed that and they were like crap and they had to but that was not the case at the beginning at all and i was like in arizona i was all over the country i was like this is weird i'm making more money than i've ever made and i have no restrictions <laughs> i was like mm, this industry is crazy but okay whatever yeah. i'll just keep making money that's crazy i like you, you kind of hinted at it and I was just curious, like with it is International Women's Month with you being a woman and especially a woman of color. What was your experience with like therapy as well as getting into digital marketing on your own? And how do you think that affects like any of our listeners who are female or uh, women of color as well? Like what are the challenges compared to like being a man? Cause any man's going to have a hard time making his own business and branching off like you did, but I can imagine it's a little bit harder for you and your kind of marketing and everything else. Like that experience is going to be so different. You know, I have had a really good experience. Um, I work mainly with women as well. So a lot of it is I network a lot. Um, you know, I'm always talking to someone. I'm always like, hey, girl, hey, what's going on? Talk to me. Um, when it comes to men, I've noticed, especially because you guys are podcasters, you know, as well. Um, when I interview men, it's different than women. Women are more like, let's talk. Talk, let's get to know each other. Men are like, these are the facts. This is how great I am. I am an expert in this field. And this is why you should buy my product. And I'm like, that's cool. That is awesome. <laughs> um, but I'll say that I've had a really great experience. If someone doesn't want to work with me because of 
uh, me being a woman or me being a woman of color, I haven't experienced that. They haven't said it to my face. I had more of an issue with it when I was working at the demolition place. Um, it's, you know, very, I mean, I live in Chicago. Um, Chicago is a great multicultural place, but you definitely have an old boys club and you definitely have people that still see women in a certain way or see people of color in a certain way. And I have grown up in a multicultural background. You know, I have friends and family members that are in law enforcement that are, you know, um, veterans, all this other things. And I have family members that march, you know? So it's just like, I, I have both sides and I understand it. Um, so I've always come from things of like, let me educate you of like, maybe you shouldn't say it that way. I understand that you didn't mean for this to be offensive, but this is why it could be. And then there are other times where I'm like, oh, you're just blatant with it. So like, oh, okay, don't really like you. But for me so far, and maybe because I am working mainly with women, um, that I haven't had that issue. My issue has been working with baby boomers because that is a whole different <laughs> way of learning because they're just like, but but why can't it be this way? Like they want you to do, they don't understand that marketing is a collaboration between you and your marketer. Like there are certain things that a marketer needs from you. Like I actually need your logo and I need your brand colors. And I need, if you wanna be on TikTok, I, I can't be the face of your business. Like I actually have to, you actually have to give me video. Like I'll go there and create video for you but you, there has to be a bit more of an effort. So I, I've been more lucky, but I've also been more choosy, if that makes sense, where I'm just like, oh, I don't really, we don't vibe, but we vibe. So I go with who I vibe with. That's, that's amazing. And absolutely paramount. Um, you know, when I was running uh, the, the customer service department of RV business, some of the most powerful, um, advice I got from one of my employees actually was, you know, if they're kind of being a jerk when they first come in and demanding things, just don't work with them and your life will be so much better. And that's yes. something I've taken with me into everything I've done now, because it, I mean, really your piece is so much more important than any money you're going to make from this person, because if it's going to be just this horrible experience from the get-go, that money really doesn't matter because your mental health starts suffering. And yeah. yeah, I love that you brought that into that and, and it's so uh, paramount. So I want to pivot just a little bit and kind of get some of the, the tools and techniques that you use when you're um, getting the, the brand out there, when you are marketing and trying to, to build momentum for these businesses, what are some of the, you know, for me, I'm, I'm in the middle of this. I'm still learning how to really uh, get my brand out there and get awareness, especially on social media where historically I haven't been the greatest at it. And so uh, as I'm learning right now and learning how to connect with my audience and learning like the hooks, the call to action, all of that kind of stuff. Um, I'm just curious, what are like some of the, the main obstacles that you see with brands building their awareness as they're trying to get themselves out there and get people coming to, to work with them or whatever they're doing. I think all of us and myself included, I have to like go back is doing too much. 
Um, I think everyone feels like they have to be on every single platform and they have to, they have to be everywhere all at once. And that becomes overwhelming. And then that becomes, you know, you become paralyzed where you're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. So I'm doing nothing. Um, what I tend to teach people is first of all, you need to know who you are um, and you need to know who your clients are. And so in marketing, we can go back and that talks about like your customer persona. And it's like, like they're, you know, a 45 year old woman with 2.5 kids and they live in Missouri, you know? So it's like, okay, that's great. But I like to think about generations, right? So if you know that they are 45, you know that, oh, so they're a Gen Xer. Okay. So Gen Xers are known for being entrepreneurial. They're the ones that started Silicon Valley. They're the ones that made um, grunge and hip hop mainstream. They're the MTV generation. So you have to talk to them like they're a manager. You don't talk, they don't need to be babied at all. They're the latchkey kids. They're the ones that grew up having to take care of their siblings, right? Um, and that's different than how you talk to a millennial that you want to get a millennial to stop, stop scrolling, then you need to tell them how great they are. You need like journal prompts are great for millennials. You need to know like motivational videos and things are great for millennials because we grew up with the rose colored glasses. We still believe in like marriage and the white picket fence, but we also want to change the world as well. If you grew up if your customer is a baby boomer, then they think about legacy. They're very big into politics as well. And they believe in um, they believe in hard work. So you need to lead with why you are an expert compared to Gen Z. They want to know what you stand for. Like what causes are you with? And can we go through your social media back like 10, 20 years? <laughs> And can we see that this is what you always believed in? Because if you don't, if you didn't believe in that, they're going to find it. They're going to find it. They are online sleuths and they will talk about you. So when you are thinking about marketing yourself, the two things I really tell people is find what generation your uh, most of your um, potential customers and clients are. And from there, that is when you know what social media channels you should be on. So don't start with that if that's where you want to be. A good example would be if you're doing Gen Z, Gen Z is on TikTok. They are on TikTok. They are on YouTube. They are on Instagram. If you notice the theme there, it is all mostly video format. So that is the type of content you should create. If you're if your people are mostly millennials, then they are on YouTube. They are on Facebook. YouTubers are deaf. I mean, YouTubers, millennials are also on TikTok as well, but they're also still on Snapchat. If you are talking to people that are millennials, do a lot of stuff in your stories more than things on your feed, because that is where they're going to be looking at a lot of things as well. If you are looking at people that are baby boomers, as well as people in that are Gen Xers, then they are on Facebook, they are on YouTube, um, they're on LinkedIn. Like they're also on Twitter, but LinkedIn for everybody is a great place to be. So do that and then network, like talk to people. Most jobs are like from word of mouth. Those are the two easiest ways that you can start drumming up your business.
I've got to say, Leslie, I absolutely love your opinions and I wish I could just follow you around and hear your inner <laughs> monologue on what you think of people because you're hilarious. It is really <laughs> funny to hear your your thoughts. And I actually kind of agree with some of the things you've said about <laughs> the baby boomers and everything else. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> uh, it was just so awesome. I, I love that. What do you think with knowing your audience and everything like that right now you do have the jenny gen zers coming in you do have millennials always trying to reinvent themselves and figure out who what they want to be what are the best like i don't want to say schools but training like where should someone go if they want to do what you do digital marketing they want to get into that more like, how did you learn? And with everything that's changed now that AI is coming out and now everything else, where would you send them if they wanted to learn and do what you do? I would send them to a couple of places. One, I have my own marketing program. What? Shameless plug. And it is called your first 30 days marketing program. And this is for, this is for entrepreneurs. So it takes you through the basics um, of who you are, what is your unique selling point. Um, I do sales training in there. I also do a more in-depth training of the generational marketing, as I talked about as well. Um, and, you know, if you sign up for my newsletter, you get 50% off of the program, or you could just go to my website slash marketing program. And it's there, but other places that you could go as well. I don't personally think you need to go to a four-year school for it. For marketing in general, yes, because marketing is just a broad term. It could be social media marketing. It could be, you know, print and ad. Um, technically, networking is under marketing. So you have a lot of, hello, pen drop, sorry. You have a lot of... Um, free resources that are available out there um, as well. And you can go to um, Skillshare, you can go to Udemy, Coursera, and get some of the basic training. Google as well, as well as Facebook, they have free trainings and certificates for you. So it could be learning SEO, they have their own program. Um, learning um, social media marketing and management. They have programs for that as well. And those certificates still very much hold a lot of weight when you are looking for um, jobs as well, because they, they have continued to make them better every year because social media becomes more complicated every year, especially when you have new um, things that are going on and new regulations. As well as new apps, like <laughs> who knows yeah. what the next app's gonna be that replaces TikTok, and then they're gonna be right. like, oh, only only uh, Gen Zers are on TikTok. You're or you're old. <laughs> like that's that's how social media is working these days. Yeah, I think the best thing for anybody to do would be to create an email list specifically for that problem, um, mainly because. You can be shadow banned. You can be your account can be suspended. Um, it can see that you might not get a lot of traction anymore from there because now everyone's gone to the next big thing. But if you have your own email list, 
then you have people who've already opted in because they like you. So you get to sell to them, you get to educate um, them, and you get to give them freebies and different things like that every single week. And you have you know, links to your website or links to your programs or whatever it is, that's the call to action, right? It's like, hey, you wanna hear more? Click here. And so it's a much easier way to continue to build up your, your business because who knows what's gonna happen? Like right now in the news, they're talking about, they keep talking about they might ban TikTok and and we'll see what happens with that. So get your email list together. <laughs> Thanks for uh, for sharing all those tips and tools. I think that um, they're, they're extremely valuable. And, and another one that uh, I like to tell people is read a book. There are so yes. many books out there. I know one that I'm uh, that I'm going through. I actually have it right here. Ooh. It's <laughs> the One Million Followers. But... I have that one. I love yeah. that book. It's, um, I just really started it. I'm really excited just because I'm like, I love reading anyway. I love really learning from people that have way more experience than me. And and the fact that they want to essentially put their life experience into a book is just so incredibly valuable. So, uh, and the fact that uh, you have it and you read it and that you love it makes me even more excited to, to go through it and learn. Um, before we ask you like our last couple questions, if people want to work with you, I know you already mentioned your website uh, and that's, that's Lily Rose uh, DMA. Yes. Yeah. Lily just with one L L I L Y Rose and as the flower, Lily Rose DMA.com. You can go there. Um, you can sign up for my newsletter. There's also um, a way for you to contact me contact form. And that is also where my marketing program is as well. Perfect. And anybody listening, if you go in the show notes, I'll have them in the show notes so you can more easily find Leslie Berry here and, uh, and work with her. Um, so one of, one of my last questions for you is, um, what do you see, uh, next for you as far as do you see like building this huge, um, marketing agency and going around the world? And I know you're a keynote speaker, um, what's the the big goal or the the dent that you want to uh, leave in the universe in this world with the work that you're doing? I mean, just ask a big question. Okay. Um, so <laughs> real quick, um, in that book that you just discussed, um, One Million Followers, they talk about don't just stay in the U.S., but actually like create content that can be consumed worldwide. And as I said before, I used to live abroad. I lived in China. I loved it. I had the best experience of my life there. So I have two goals. One is more personal and one is more business related. Um, I revamped my business last year so that I only now do marketing and strategy. I no longer accept clients for the content creation and management. Um, I... I'm, I, would have, I was a teacher. So um, being able to come up with strategy is easy for me. And it's like, oh, well, this is the problem. This is how we can fix it. And I've gotten really big into podcasting for my own business as well. So I want the podcast to reach as many people as possible. Um, I want other entrepreneurs to come on the show and shamelessly promote themselves. I want them to get all the shine and recognition that they deserve because there is room for everybody. It doesn't have to be a competition. 
Um, and then my personal goal is because I did um, go to school for music, I am currently writing an album. Um, I just finished the one that I know is going to be my single. Um, and it goes to deal with the, the struggle that I went through. And the every song that I'm writing, I want it to be a mini anthem of You Can and I Believe in You. Um, you know, definitely a millennial right there. Um, like, I believe in us, we can do it. So um, I'm, I'm doing that and, and definitely being able to speak. I love speaking. I love being able to um, share my story. I hope that it makes people feel less alone and like they can actually make it through. And I love sharing how marketing can be easy, especially when you know what generation someone's in. That makes me so happy. I'm excited to hear that single because your voice is so melodious. Like I could listen to you for hours. So I'm definitely Yay! going on to your podcast. But <laughs> I was thinking when you did music, I was like, oh, yeah, of course she did. She's in pitch talking like, <laughs> of course, she's in music. <laughs> but yeah, no, seriously, you have one of the most beautiful voices I've heard in a long time. So it's just I love hearing the way you your cadence is is very melodious. It's cool to me. Um, very much. You have a lot of natural talent. I can hear it. So I love music. Music's one of my favorite things ever. Have you? Has music helped you? Is that something that helped you get through? Like I, I know that you're more into digital marketing or more positive, but how does music really help you? to stay away from those dark places? And is there anything else besides music to keep you going back from that depression that you could tell our listeners how they can just, once they escape that darkness, what's the best way to just stay away from it? Yeah, so um, I, you know, I've recently fallen back in love with music. Uh, music is very healing, it's very therapeutic. Um, I thought I missed my chance and I went full into business, but after, after therapy and after things, I'm like, oh, but you still love it. Cause you still watch these shows and it's like, that could be me. Um, so definitely I would say going back to things that you loved as a kid um, and just picking them back up again without the pressure of it having to be perfect, without the pressure of it having to be an income source for you um, can make you fall back in love with life in general. Um, luckily, I also have, I am married now, you know, shout out to my husband, Hey Boo Hey. Um, he is a great supporter of me um, and he's always there you know, if I'm having a day where I'm just like, I don't even know I'm feeling down, you know, and he's just he's like, well, let's talk about it. But something that has helped me um, to not go back to a dark place is to truly learn how to mother myself, how to be my own best friend. Um, there are times where I literally feel like I'm talking <laughs> to a little kid inside of me because I'm just like, what's wrong? I am upset 
this. I'm like, okay, well, that's right. We can be upset. That makes sense. So validating one thing that has helped me that is my true takeaway from therapy is every emotion is valid because it's trying to tell you that there's something right or wrong with a situation. And for me, anger, I was always afraid to like show that I was upset. And so my therapist was like, you know, well, anger is a secondary emotion. It's telling you that something is wrong and it's saying something is wrong. I feel upset because, and once you just allow yourself to acknowledge the emotion, then it tends to subside and go away. But if you're like, no, no, mm -mm, can't, then it will basically shake you. And it's like, I said, I am upset, (laughs) you know? So learning how to listen to yourself. Um, I still journal all the time. And I, I don't know if this will help your audience, but maybe someone's like me. I am a curious person. So I know that I naturally, like people naturally change, you know, throughout the years. And I ask myself questions that you normally would ask if you were on a date. So like, if you Google like questions to get to know someone, I sit down sporadically and ask myself those questions because I am. I'm actively trying to know who I am and trying to get to know myself better and what could be a trigger, what doesn't, what isn't a trigger. And that has helped me realize like, oh, I don't think this way anymore. Or, oh, this is something new in exploring that. And then other fun things I do, I dance. Um, I salsa and bachata. So. Those tools are absolutely, absolutely incredible. And uh, it's stuff that I actually talk about on the show all the time is, you know, we have to acknowledge our emotions. And, and what I've found is the, the most, uh, the disservice that was taught to us, especially going from an, to a nine to five is leave your problems at the door. Well, mm-hmm. we're human. That doesn't actually happen. And what happens when, like you said, we try and just bury those and ignore it. Well, our brain doesn't let it go. It's on this loop and you're thinking about all this stuff and usually going even crazier. But the moment you tell your emotions, I see that you're angry. I see that you're upset. I see that maybe you're resentful. I see you. I acknowledge you. I don't have time to process you right now. So I'm going to process this at 7.30 this evening. Mm -hmm. And just that acknowledgement completely changes. It's like the emotions are like, okay, at least you're aware of me. That sounds good. We can do that. And, And they totally become so much quieter. And oftentimes our subconscious is still processing, still understanding this and 7.30 comes around and they're really not as big of a thing anymore because you simply acknowledged it. And so I love that uh, that's part of your process is, is seeing your emotions and acknowledging your emotions. And, uh, and when you have time becoming curious, I know you said that the, the curious part of it, and I, I absolutely love the idea of having a curiosity mindset, you know, and we really had this as children. And, and um, I know you alluded to kind of bringing back some of those passions from childhood to me, it's going to space and I can't wait to do, wait to do that. But um It's so true. When we become curious about what's going on, when we become curious about the emotions, when we become curious about even the shadow work, um, you know, those parts of ourselves that maybe we're ashamed of, or we have some triggers or some different things happening as a result and asking ourselves and, and like you said, mothering or having that conversation of like, you know, what is this? Why do you feel that way? 
And, and sometimes it is that like kind of spiteful, almost acting out child like version of us of just like, I'm angry because they said this or, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> it makes it, um, we were able to see it differently and actually process and move beyond it. And, and I feel like we create a more safe space for us as we do that. Yeah. It helps you build trust back with yourself. Um, I think when you haven't listened to yourself for a while, that also could lead to depressive moments because you you're constantly telling yourself no. So when you try to get to yourself, it's almost like there's a part of you that doesn't trust you. So if you start that process of, Hey, you know, like, thanks for letting me know. And just like you said, I can't process this right now because I am literally in a meeting, but um, how about we talk about this tonight and, you know, bring it back up, put it in your calendar and just little things like that. It's, it really is building a relationship and building that with yourself. Like, dang, this whole world is just relationships, you know, it's a lot. Yeah, truly, it truly is. And um, it's, it's amazing, everything you've done, and the the shadow work, making that an empowering part of your story, the um, everything you've gone through to build who you are, it is absolutely inspiring. I, I definitely um, look up to you. And I think I'm gonna go look up that course. And uh, I, I think that we could benefit from that. So that's, uh, that's absolutely amazing. Leslie, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing your story. It's you're truly incredible and what you're doing and how you're helping others and just who you are. Um, when you uh, do drop that song, uh, send us a link. I would love to listen to it. And I'll also update the show notes once that's out. So if anybody wants to listen to it, they can uh, go and check you out there as well. Yay. It's going to be called the anthem. So we'll put that out there. For everyone who's going through something and you went through to the other side, it's like, this is our anthem. That's what we got. <laughs> that's, that's perfect. And that's absolutely amazing. Uh, Richard, do you have any, any last questions, thoughts, uh, comments, anything? I just wanted to say that I absolutely love this um, interview with you and just hearing your thoughts, hearing your things. I think that asking, sitting yourself down, like I just imagine sitting yourself down with like a glass of wine, an amazing meal or a bubble bath, something, and then just asking yourself dating questions is the most hilarious thing, but also just <laughs> genius. Like it is genius. And I'm, I'm probably never going to forget that. So thank you. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thank you so much for uh, joining us today, Leslie, and you have an amazing uh, rest of your day. You too. Thank you for having me.